1: think you're going to really love this episode of Healthy Her. Today, I am joined with uh, my favorite doctor on the entire planet, Dr. Jennifer Tiemann. And today we're going to talk about cortisol. So when a patient comes into our practice and they say, I want my air quotes, hormone check, end of air quotes, we go through. Well, these are. This is what makes up your hormones. You have your sex steroids, which is your estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. You have your thyroid hormones. Insulin is a hormone, and then you have your adrenal hormones, which are cortisol, DHEA, and pregnenolone. So today we're going to focus on the adrenal axis and specifically about cortisol. And I know this is one of Dr. Tiemann's um, kind of areas of expertise, and she helps so many people that have adrenal or cortisol issues. So... Welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Jen Tiemann. Yeah, thanks for
2: having me. Thanks for that great introduction. This is one of my favorite topics because I feel like as a traditional medicine physician in the past, I really had no idea how to address stress for my patients, nor did I understand how significantly stress impacts every aspect of our health. And it's one of those areas I'm so excited to have so many toolboxes. I feel like our practice does a great job of addressing that stress response um, from a nutritional standpoint, a supplement standpoint, lifestyle interventions, and really have a huge intervention with our patients' lives and well-being.
1: So I would don't you think most people understand the concept of stress isn't good for our health? So some people, they know that when they get stressed, they might not sleep they might eat too much and stress eat. I know when I get stressed, I actually do the opposite end of the spectrum and and I stop eating. And then, you know, if I'm going through a phase in life where, which everybody has, I stop eating and then I get tired and then I get dizzy and then I end up getting sick. Um, but there's actually a lot more to, you know, the life stresses of You know, what's going on at work, what's going on with your family, what's going on with your kids.
2: And then just recognizing that you may feel stress when you're in it. I'm super stressed out right now. But the long-lasting impact that has and what can you do about it? Like
1: recognize how it's impacting you and then what can I do? Right. So should we get into what can you do or should we get into like there's more than just mental and emotional stress that stresses your body out?
2: Yeah. So I always start with kind of the four pillars of adrenal health. So um, I think I like to put sleep on the top of the list. I think you're right. Everyone says, oh, how important sleep is. But when it comes down to us, like how many of us are actually doing things to improve the quality of our sleep. How many of us are getting our the phones out of our bedroom and turning off blue light and and I see sleep like chronic sleep deprivation, um, whether that's because you're a shift worker or like us going through residency or you're just that restless sleeper who's constantly waking up and not feeling like I got a good restful sleep. I see that impacting cortisol more than anything else.
1: Yeah, so it's not just you know we can we can probably talk just for hours and hours about all of the health consequences of not sleeping. But one of those health consequences is of not sleeping is what it does to your adrenals and what it does to your cortisol levels. Yes. And if we
2: don't fix your sleep, we don't fix your cortisol. Yeah. And think about how long people suffer not sleeping.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I used to deliver babies, It was, it was just a mess. And, you know, you think as, you know, you have to practice what you preach. It's hard to, I think it's hard to take advice from people that aren't actually good at their profession. Kind of like when you get your hair done, you want to go to somebody that has nice hair. When you go to the orthodontist, you want to go to somebody that has nice teeth. So as, as a physician, you know, you think you want to go to somebody that's really healthy, but When I was delivering babies, I was not healthy. And so I would start my day of things that wound me up, of coffee in the morning, Diet Coke and Diet Mountain Dew in the afternoon, and then sleeping pills to take me back down. And that was just not a healthy way to live.
2: It's such a common scenario. I mean, how often do we see people coming in on Adderall because they can't focus? ambient because they can't sleep. Yeah. And that becomes their new normal. And
1: I don't know anybody that feels good on that.
2: No, regime. not at all. Not at all. Yeah. For so many different reasons, but you're not getting restful sleep when you're yeah. masking it with a, a sleep aid. Yeah.
1: All right. So your four pillars, what are those again? So the Uh, first
2: one is going to be sleep and sleep disturbance. Um, The second I do put that mental, emotional, and physical stress. And I think that's an important piece. Sometimes people will say to me, well, I don't feel stressed out. I mean, that doesn't happen very often, but it does happen from time to time. And you have to understand like stress is physical. If you've had a surgery, if you live in chronic pain, if you've had an infection, if you've been hospitalized, that is a severe physical stress on your body. Um, and then, of course, emotional stress. And I think with the pandemic, we've all felt that more than anything, that anger, worry, fear, um. You know, financial stress, changes in relationship, loss of a loved one, divorce, and then the word trauma. I think we all kind of stay away from the trauma, the word trauma, and have some, you know, really negative connotations when we think about it. But going through a divorce, losing a loved one, that's a big trauma. And if that's not something that you've addressed, that trauma sticks with you and really impacts your cortisol long term.
1: Yeah. So we got mental and emotional stress of all those things you mentioned. We talked about the sleep issue. So that's one and two. What else?
2: Number three, insulin resistance. You can also call that, you know, uh, glycemic dysregulation. And we've had podcasts on that. So I don't think I need to go into great depth. Um, but really, you're when you are stressed out, if you have insulin resistance – Cortisol will make your insulin resistance worse. And it's it's a two-way street. So also, insulin resistance can trigger dysfunction in cortisol.
1: Yeah, we, you and I did an in-depth uh, look at insulin resistance and how to diagnose it and how to look at it. And uh, I think what's interesting is insulin resistance can cause stress issues, but stress issues can actually even lead to insulin resistance. But you and I talked about that in detail in episode number 10. So y'all should go back and check that one out because that was a really good one. It was. Yeah. Very helpful. And then number four, my fourth pillar is
2: going to be inflammation. And I think of inflammation a lot in regards to our gut health. You know, we know our 75% of our immune system is within the lining of our gut, and we are constantly exposed to these environmental toxins, and that's gonna create a leaky gut barrier. That's going to create um, an imbalance in the good bacteria, and that all leads to inflammation in the system. Um, When you're pushing tons of caffeine and alcohol, that triggers inflammation. When you're carrying extra weight, that belly fat is an absolute inflammatory state. When you live in chronic pain, all of that influences inflammation and kind of is that fourth pillar that we really try to address when we're getting to the root cause of your adrenal dysfunction.
1: Yeah. So just to summarize, your four pillars of common stressors are mental and emotional stress, sleep issues, blood sugar issues, and then inflammation. So when you're seeing patients um, and and you already know somebody has a blood sugar issue or a sleep issue or they have a lot of chronic anxiety, are you working on fixing those first or are you going to want to look at their adrenal hormones or their cortisol levels?
2: I like to look at their cortisol levels from the very beginning because I feel like it's such a root of dysfunction that if we put that on the back burner, we're using too many Band-Aids.
1: So a lot of times we come in or patients sometimes come in with blood work and they actually have a cortisol blood test. What are your thoughts on How to test cortisol.
2: Yeah, the the serum testing is pretty useless. So uh, cortisol is very pulsatile, number one. Number two, we have two forms of cortisol. One is a total, which is actually bound to protein, and then we have free cortisol, which is going to be your active, that's going to bind to receptors. Um, When you test a serum cortisol, even if you're looking at it in the morning, that is one data point. You have no idea what's happening the rest of the day. So we always get a four-point salivary free cortisol test where the person is taking home a kit, they're providing a saliva sample, they have a two hour window to do that. The first one is first thing in the morning as soon as their eyes open for the day. And then you have these two hour windows throughout the day to provide your other four samples. And then we're able to plot those on a curve to see exactly what's happening throughout the day. And that also gives us a little insight to the reason behind their high cortisol as well. So we can look at those patterns.
1: Yeah. So when we get these ranges, you know, it's supposed to be actually the curve I explained to patients is we, we plotted on this graph and it the shape of the graph actually looks like a lounge chair is it should be higher in the morning and then kind of just decrease throughout the day and be lowest at night so you can actually go to sleep. What are some what are the symptoms or what happens if your cortisol is outside the range? I guess we'll start with, well, what happens if it's too high, or what's the problem with that?
2: Yeah, what I notice most for patients is that wired tired. You have kind of a negative energy. You feel restless, you feel on edge, you feel anxious, but you're exhausted. It's not a positive energy. Um, absolutely midsection weight gain. Insomnia, you know, you can have difficulty falling asleep, but what I hear more frequently is I'm exhausted. I fall asleep just fine. I'm waking at two, three, four in the morning, and it's almost like I have a second energy. I'm lying there awake, and my mind is just thinking about what I need to do next. Irritable can absolutely bring on temperature changes. So actually, night sweats can be caused by elevated cholesterol. Um Over time, we'll see issues with blood sugar, high cholesterol. People get sick more often when their cortisol is high, so it suppresses the immune system. Absolutely interferes with your thyroid function, so kind of decreases your conversion of T4 to T3 hormone. So people can sometimes feel like, I've been on thyroid medication. It used to work. It's no longer working. Um, And just accelerates that whole aging process, kind of throws off our sex steroids.
1: Yeah, so it's not just about even these symptoms is actually having a high cortisol can have some long-term consequences. I think I even read some studies where if you have a cortisol issue, it can actually increase your risk of getting certain cancers. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the flip side is what if your cortisol is too low?
2: Then I think the predominant symptom is fatigue. I mean, people are just absolutely exhausted. It's the, I can't get out of bed. I start my day not being able to function and just things never get better. Um, You can still experience the difficulty sleeping at night um, you can find that your digestive tract just isn't working in the same way, um, feel very emotionally depleted, just not motivated, crave sugar because you can often have some episodes of hypoglycemia, lose your sex drive, does the same thing in terms of decreasing our immune system, and then also you know not responding to the typical thyroid treatments.
1: Yeah. So we talked about some of the things that lead to cortisol issues, your four pillars of common issues, how we identify this with a saliva test. What are the symptoms of too high or too low cortisol? And then last but not least, but what do we do about it? How do we treat this? Yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, So I would say I first start thinking about what can I do to reduce stress. And there is a real clear mind-body connection. It's very real. It's very powerful. So sometimes patients come in and, they're not really buying into that meditation can help to regulate my cortisol, that if I've had past trauma and there, you know, I have things that are unresolved in my life, that seeing a therapist can be helpful. So I try to give people real tools, real practical things that they can do, um, both long-term and on a day-to-day basis, like meditation and breath work and thinking about connection and yoga. And I try to just really stress, this is a huge piece of how we're going to ultimately Quote unquote, fix your cortisol um, and that it's not, you know, hocus pocus. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, What do you specifically do to kind of follow this advice? Because I got to be honest, like, I am not, I wish I could say I was good at meditation. Like, I I just am like, this is just so boring to me. One time I went to one of those float clinics and where you just lay there and I'm like, okay, this is not for me. I ended up getting the salt water in my eyes and then my eyes were burning and then half of my body was hot and half of my body was cold. And I'm like, if I'm going to lay here, I'd rather have somebody like be rubbing my body like in a massage. So my preference is actually getting a facial or a massage or um, something along those lines. What about you? Um I like to journal so I find if
2: you know meditation can be difficult for me also And it's – I've done it, but it can be hard to stick to the routine where journaling can be something I can really just dedicate time to and just, you know, try to understand my emotions better. I think everyone needs a good therapist. I've learned so much from my therapist about my brain and kind of what's happening in my brain when I'm on that high alert, when my cortisol is high. Um, So I think having that connection there. Exercise is a a big one. Um, Breath work. I love – you know, I try to – When I feel that I'm being overwhelmed, kind of take a step back and focus on my breathing. Big ones
1: for me. One of the other things I tried is there's a lot of apps out there of what do you listen to before bed of – so I got this funny story is actually when the pandemic was happening and I I – I look back now and I probably was an overreactor at first is I thought the, I thought this was like the beginning of the zombie apocalypse of our business was closed. My kids weren't going to school. So anyway, I was like, okay, I'm going to find this app and I'm going to read this or listen to this before I go to bed. I think it was bedtime stories. So I get this app out and the first story I listened to was about how kids were just, nobody really knew why, but they just started dropping dead. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is the bedtime story? Like, all right, try it again the next day. And then the next day was also some kind of like traumatic thing. And so anyway, I have since moved on and have found another app that I actually, if I'm having trouble falling asleep of, of listening to that of, and it's more like breath work of take Mm -hmm. a deep breath and imagine this Mm -hmm. and
2: yeah, absolutely. Some of the apps I recommend for patients, uh, Waking Up, uh, Headspace, 8-Minute uh, Meditation. I think all of those are really yeah. are, are good choices.
1: So watching the news before you go to bed, probably not a good choice. Not a good idea.
2: Yeah. Blue light, and I think you know if you know we move on to sleep. Um, there are so many things people can do for sleep hygiene. I use some very specific supplements to help lower cortisol at night after I have your saliva cortisol test back. Um, but just being cognizant of of dimming your lights before you go to bed. Don't eat, you know, before bed. That's just going to activate your cortisol. Um, I hear that a lot. It's kind of surprising how many people are eating late at night or even waking up and feeling like, I'm just going to eat something so I can go back to sleep. That's one of the worst things you can do for cortisol. Uh, getting off your phone, you know, turning off your electronics. I love to read before bed, but it has to be a non-screen. So I actually buy the paperback book, book, and I find something that's just enjoyable to read, nothing too scientific, and that puts me Yeah, not sleep. work stuff. Not work stuff, definitely not. It's important to unwind. Yeah. For sure. I
1: find that really also really works for me, too, of just a novel that I don't have to think too hard, easy reading, and it just makes me so sleepy. So...
2: And then really the next thing I like to use this analogy, I mean, when you have cortisol dysfunction, it's like you're running on empty. You know, you've depleted your savings account. There's nothing left to fuel you, and you're just running on fume. So I I tell people, think about depositing into your savings account, building up your metabolic reserve so that when you're handed that stress at work or relationship or with your kids, like you have the, the perseverance to get through it. Well, how do you do that? You know, you have to have a nutritious diet. You have to eat colorful food. And if you're looking at your diet saying, I can't eat enough or I can't get my hands on what I need, take a supplement. I mean, I love the supplement MitoCore. It's all about mitochondrial health, B vitamin C. You need those. You're completely depleted. Connect, you know, do your yoga class, do your breath work. Every time you. You meditate, you're you're depositing into that savings account, but be really cognizant of it. It's an important piece of and the like guy say quote unquote fix your adrenals because I think the supplements can play a really big role in that brain adrenal connection. And, you know, telling the brain, hey, we're okay. You don't have to be on this high alert all the time. But it's really what you're doing to focus on the four pillars and changing kind of that day-to-day that's going to make it long-term that you're able to overcome adrenal dysfunction.
1: Right. So I think uh, one of the things that I know we both do is we like to get to the root cause of identifying what the problem is of why why your body is stressed out with identifying those four pillars. But while we're working on those, of using these supplements to support your adrenals while you're making those lifestyle changes. And one of the reasons why a healthy diet and sometimes a, a good quality multivitamin like MitoCore, you mentioned, is because all of these nutrients are needed to make your adrenal hormones. And if you don't have the building blocks, then you can't make the the final product. Exactly. Yeah. Very well said. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, is, um, you know, we recently kind of switched our adrenal kind of healing protocol because one of the other downsides of having elevated cortisol is it's actually damaging to the cells of your brain. and can put you at increased risk for, you know, dementia or, or things like that. And so there's an ingredient. um, I'm always bad about how to pronounce it. The Bacopia. Bacopia. I'm Mm -hmm. like Baricopa Bacopia. And it actually helps that ingredient in one of our adrenal supplements actually protects your brain from the adverse effects of elevated cortisol. Yes, so neural protective.
2: So yeah, the we use herbs that are in a combination. They're called adaptogenic herbs. And yeah, like I said, it's the brain that's in the driver's seat. So we're trying to commu- allow for better communication between the brain and the adrenal glands that you know, and, and be able to regulate that cortisol better. So the combinations contain things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, L-theanine, and then I love the Bacopia. Um, and we use different combinations depending... Depending on what stage of adrenal dysfunction you're in, and that information we get not only from the symptoms you're having, but also from your four point salivary cortisol test.
1: Yeah, so it's really it's really customized, and that's why I think the uh, adrenal test is is a key aspect in balancing all your hormones. and And I also think this is one reason why going to somebody that does integrative medicine rather than just a kind of a hormone clinic that might be cookie cutter is it's not just about testosterone. It's not just about estrogen, but really balancing the symphony of all of those hormones. Like, like we mentioned at the beginning, including your adrenal hormones. Yeah. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us. This is always my favorite. It's just always good to sit down and talk to you and, and make sure we're kind of treating people the kind of similarly in our practice.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Healthy Her. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and the web. Go to www.dramybrenner.com to learn more. This podcast is for general information only and does not constitute as medical advice, the practice of medicine, nursing or other healthcare services. No patient-physician relationship is formed. The information in the podcast and any references, material or links